What's the idea of putting coffee in my coffee? Welcome to this week's episode of Whiskey and Mash. I am Chris Muldoon Pullman. <laughs> Muldoon Pullman. And I am Jess Gloria Ackerman. <laughs> and this week we'll be talking about Season 8, Episode 13, Captain's Outrageous, and Season 8, Episode 14, just Stars a, and Stripes. Uh, just a quick um, synopsis of Captain Outrageous. It begins in the office with everyone talking about, well not everyone, Colonel Potter and... Father Mulcahy and Klinger talking about Father Mulcahy getting captain promotion finally. And they pretty much said it's in the bag this year. And he said, oh, I'm not going to believe you because I thought it was in the bag before. I've never gotten it. Mm-hmm. But then walked out the door. Woohoo! Got it! <laughs> the part two plot is um, there was a big fight in Rosie's bar. And Rosie broke some ribs. And... Um, so the officers are going to take over Rosie's bar. Mm-hmm. And she had a lot of conditions, like watering down the drinks and such, but her main one was to be good to Muldoon. Give him free booze, but give it in a coffee cup. Well, Winchester wasn't around for the directions, so when Muldoon came in, of course, he didn't apply the directions. Mm. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. Talk about um, whether or not poor Father Mulcahy gets his captain's bars. And those are the two main plots. Yeah. There's not another one that you thought of, is there? No, I wouldn't say so. I mean, there's kind of, um, to the to the um, bar plot, right. there's the subplot of the Turks and the Greek, or the Greek and the Turk continuously fighting but that's part of it i mean that's right that's winchester, yeah winchester basically starts that i mean he doesn't start it but he certainly doesn't help, help it. it no the words that he uses usually makes it a lot worse because yeah he's getting his round for the table because there are the two captains and him and he's been nursing one drink like all night Charles, if you nurse that anymore, it's going to start teething. <laughs> um, but, so he gets his round and then on the way back, or on the way to the bar and on the way back, he has to pass between a, a group of three Turks and a group of three Greeks. And, uh, yeah, it's... They don't get along. They do not. <laughs> now, you know what's interesting to me that I just realized? The guy who plays a Turk in this episode... Yes. Also, uh, who is it, Siri Murad? He also plays um, a Turkish soldier in another episode of MASH. Oh, really? It's, um, it's the one where they lose the... Uh, oh, goodness. The it's lamb one? Th- huh? The lamb one? No. Well, no, no. Okay. Not that one. It's the one where they lose the other foreign soldier. I can't remember the... Yeah, I know. It's real descriptive. They lose him. (laughs) They think that he died, but they can't find a body. Okay, I remember Um, the episode. Yeah. And then in that episode, they have a crazy Turk where they had to sandwich him between two 
stretchers just to get him to mash. And then he cuts his way out right as they're about to operate on him. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. So this is the same guy as far as okay. I remember. But here he's actually speaking English instead of just... Shouting words. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's calling the Greek son of goat and camel. I and... know. They said we should have a... Well, veterinarian here instead of doctors yeah because they're just calling each other animal names and yeah it, it does not go well but yeah that's kind of the backdrop to the rosy bar storyline is well yeah they're they, they're they, the reason that the fight started they're the reason rosie got broken ribs and they continue fighting in or long post -op. after so well yeah even and, in or i guess because what the the Turk. Oh, I don't need. What's that? It's to uh, numb your leg while I treat it. Turk, no need that. And the Greek. Turk, no take. Painkiller. Greek, no need. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm the type. I'm sorry. I say, give me extra. <laughs> can, can I have I, two? Can I have two? <laughs> can I have theirs if they're not using it? I'll take everyone's. Just put it in the drip. Oh. Thanks. I don't want to feel this. <laughs> I'm not good with pain. Let the Turks, I don't know if that, that seems to be a manly thing though. Because everything we watch, the men always need to have this, oh, I gotta get beat up kind yeah. of well, thing. And, and that's, um, <laughs> we just watched Victor Victoria last night. And right. Yeah, every time that the dude felt his ego get bruised. He, he went had, and got beat up. Yeah, but here, you know, I love Charles' point, which is, uh, he says to the Greek, oh, that'll show him. <laughs> like, yeah, you, by you enduring more pain, that's really going to show, show him. him. Right. You're not doing anything to impress him. But right. anyway. It's just, I, I don't get it. I'm not a man. But apparently it's a man thing to get beat up to ma prove you're a man. Yeah, machismo aside. <laughs> But um, you also have to keep in mind the era. You know, there yeah. it's hard for you because you're so young. Yeah. I was there when men had to be men and women had to be women. Yeah. And this is and you probably don't even get that way of thinking. Well, I understand that it still exists. I I don't hold that. No, and I know so, and so for you to understand it I'm sure is very hard, but back in the day Mm-hmm. It was just the way it was, mm -hmm. you know, especially way back here. Well, but, you know, since we watched Victor Victoria last night, I think it's interesting that you say that because um, uh, uh, the Vic, uh, Victor, Victoria, um, yeah, um, Julie, Julie Andrews. Andrews, her character at one point when she was first pretending to be a man to what's his name, she said, you know, sometimes we don't have to prove anything. And this was supposed to be set in the 1920s. 20s, and right. I under, And I understand that it was... Paris. A, a very Yeah, it's Paris, and it's different, and it's very forward-thinking and whatever, but it's become more prevalent, I think. There are still segments of this society, was, but... That was made in 1983. Yep. This was made in 79, yes. right? Yes, yes. And um, I remember it was the late 80s or 90s mm -hmm. when... Ellen came out and mm -hmm. everyone stopped watching and it ruined yeah. her life. Yeah. Like she went through some terrible oh, things because sure. no one would watch 
the show because she came out. She mm -hmm. was the, still the same person she was yeah. when the show was famous. The yeah. exact same person. Yeah. And yeah. I hate to say I was one of them that stopped mm -hmm. watching. Yeah. And I don't have those views now at all. Yeah. And thankfully her career has rebounded. But right. anyway, we're getting oh, so way, way off, off track. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> So anyway, I don't even know how we got there. I followed the train tracks, <laughs> but it took a few side uh, sightings to get there. So Anyways. Greeks and Turks are fighting, and then and Zale starts to fight with because the officers are are running the bar, mm -hmm. and Zale picks a fight with Winchester. I'm just thinking, does everyone just want to beat up Winchester? So I guess theoretically, first of all. According to the notes here online, it's not Zale, it's Rizzo. Oh, Rizzo. Yeah, no, I... That's right. I think I wrote down Zale, too. Um, but second of all, I guess he doesn't have on his sergeant stripes, so technically he is GI number one, not sergeant. Rizzo. Yeah, he's just... Because oh. he also, he doesn't recognize Winchester, so... Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I just always assumed that he was so in the bag that he just didn't care but yeah it, it, it's uh, a different character it's a different character it's okay. G.W. Bailey who's already appeared as Rizzo in the Yalu Brick Road but it's not Rizzo it's somebody else so okay. anyway so yeah he gets in a little bit of a tussle with Winchester cause his Girl, his girl just broke up with him for some college boy. Well, he's not a fan of college boys. You sound like a college boy. That's right, Boston. <laughs> you can call me Major. Close enough. <laughs> and he lunges over the bar at Winchester. The captains have to pull him out. And then Muldoon steps in. Yes, who, the one person that they need to take care of for Rosie. That's all she asked. Well, besides watering down the... Yeah, remember to water down the drinks. <laughs> That's the only way that I make a profit. And take 30% of the tips from the waitresses. It's the only way I get back what they're stealing, stealing from, from me. me. I like that. It's true, too. Yeah. And then, yeah, Muldoon, MP, keeps stopping by to make sure that Rosie is legit. And, yeah, sits down at the bar... Oh, Muldoon. There's coffee in my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> What's a big idea, putting coffee in my coffee? What would you prefer? <laughs> Scotch whiskey. <laughs> hmm, a quaint Australian custom, I assume. But, in his defense, he wasn't there when Rosie was giving the directions. No, yeah. And I, this is, in my mind, I thought about that. It's like, well, somebody should have told him. Yes, yeah. but these are army personnel. There was clearly a communication snafu. Yes. And so he was not, the not first told. Time. No, he was not told. So what does he do with Muldoon's coffee? Well, he charges them for it. Yeah. And he's not happy because his drinks are free. Yeah. I don't pay for drinks here. What you do here. Mm. <laughs> um... Yeah, that was interesting. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, guess who was not on the captain's list? Yeah, so, Aww. well, it, 
it's interesting how uh, Potter comes in to break the news to Mulcahy and says, you know, I have half the Pentagon writing letters of recommendation and the other half reading them, and, well, somewhere in between, your promotion got lost. Never arrived. And... And before, when he thought he was getting the promotion, you have to know he was, like, helping out everyone. And mm -hmm. he was, you know, Johnny on the spot. There yeah. I am. And as soon as he found out he wasn't getting it, his words were, love thy neighbor, I'll punch your lights out. <laughs> and he became kind of cranky, Father Mulcahy, <laughs> which was you don't that, see very often. I, I loved the next scene where it was Klinger and Potter in Potter's office. And Potter says, was that Mulcahy making all that noise? Yes, sir. He was giving a little sermon to the Greek and the Turk from the Book of Threats. <laughs> the Book of Threats. The Book of Threats. Well, sir, we've done all we can. I mean, we've done everything other than call the Pentagon. Hmm? You're yeah. right. Look, get the Pentagon on the phone. The what -gon, sir? <laughs> Pentagon! <laughs> It's a weird building. has four walls and an extra. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and he did. Yeah, he how got did, the Pentagon. How? Well, first he pretended to be the general. That didn't seem to get him anywhere. So then he became the general's girlfriend. <laughs> and he got right in. <laughs> Next voice I heard said, hello, Pentagon. <laughs> and they went through the channels in the Pentagon mm -hmm. and got... The promotion. Got the promotion. Got yeah. the promotion. So, yay! Father so, Mulcahy became a captain. So, yeah. After, you know, these different episodes where we see Mulcahy not getting it, um, finally he gets it. I think Hawkeye actually says, here's a pair of lightly used railroad tracks. and Gave him his mm -hmm. until Father Mulcahy's came in. Mm -hmm. And so they're in uh, Rosie's celebrating... And how does the episode close up? The meek shall inherit the earth, but it's the grumpy who win. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And then the post-commercial scene. Muldoon shows oh, up again. Oh, yes, to close the bar. Yeah. That's what you were going for. Okay. Muldoon, we have an, an arrangement. Yeah, well, you should have thought about that before you put Chauncey up across the behind the bar. Chauncey. I'll get you, Chauncey. If it's the last thing I do. I love all the names they come up with for Charles. Because <laughs> really, well, you hear Chuck, Charles, Chauncey. What, I did, mean, not, what did not Rizzo call him? Not Rizzo? Yeah, I'm going to refer to him as not Rizzo in this episode. Because otherwise he's just the GI. So do you remember what not Rizzo called Charles? It had to be something college -y. Like Porky at first or Chubby? Because he, when he's at the bar, he said, hey, Figgy, get me another shot. <laughs> Did he just call me Piggy? I don't know, Charles. Why don't you waddle over there and ask him? It was something like that, you know. <laughs> that guy has more names. Charles isn't that heavy. <laughs> no, I know. He's not that heavy. All right. Anything else to mention no. about... Great episode. Who mm -hmm. are the stars? Because I'm curious to see who, who Rosie is. Same one, right? Same Rosie. Okay. Uh, just one little quick thing. The title is a spoof of Captain's Courageous, a novel by Rudyard Kipling. Oh, okay. So there you go. Guest stars. Recurring cast. We had John Orchard as Muldoon. 
G.W. Bailey as not Rizzo. <laughs> Paul Cavonis as the Greek. Siri Murad as the Turk. Eileen Saki as Rosie. Mormo Yashima as Suni. Suni was a waitress who was mm -hmm. trying to stiff yes. the officers for tips. And Margaret said, all right, well, we have to get the tips, so <laughs> go just, lean on her, Pierce. <laughs> she just ignored Pierce. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> what? Yes. You, you give oh, tip to Rosie. You. Why okay. am I talking like this? So he took the money out of his own pocket. Did she give you any trouble? No. <laughs> we had uncredited appearances by Gwen Farrell, Joran Thompson, Roy Goldman, and Kelly Nakahara, who actually had lines. She was ordering a drink, and Hawkeye was. Uh, oh, that was cute. Yeah, she said something like, How about a couple of rounds, good looking? And Hawkeye replied, Oh, you nurses are all the same. You see a. You know, a bartender with a great body and think that it'll just be a great one night stand. Well, all right, but just this one night. Uh, yeah, production code was S614. Writers were Tad, Thad, Tad, Thad, Thad Mumford and Dan Wilcox. Director, Burt Metcalf. Original air date was December 10th, 1979. You were right, 1979. Yeah, last month of 1979. Yeah. Going into 80. All right. Shall we move on? Yes. Stars. My sad episode. I'm sorry. I don't like that episode. Uh, I'm okay with it. Are you? Yeah. I don't see it as sad per se. Um, I know, but I do. Season 8, episode 14, Stars and Stripes. The two plots here. First of all, uh, we find out that some, I'm assuming off-screen, I don't think we actually saw this operation, off-screen collaboration in the OR between Winchester and BJ ended up catching the attention of people back at Walter Reed uh, and they talked to the American College of Surgeons who wanted a article describing the surgery that these two did in the uh, journal of the American College of Surgeons which is a huge deal for surgeons and so the episode with their plot deals with them trying to figure out how to write this article when they both want to take more credit than really is their due and we we resolve that the other side is scully shows up and it's the last time we see scully because well we we knew it wasn't going to work because he's a lower rank than margaret and margaret could never marry anyone who doesn't outrank her or is at least a colonel we, we found that out early on in the series but um you know she was having fun with scully but then in this episode they get into a discussion about rank which kind of turns into a discussion about people's roles in the house and it doesn't fit with margaret it doesn't fit with where she is in life and she mentions that a few months ago maybe but not now i want more and so they end up deciding to go their separate ways. So the paper gets written. The cap, uh, BJ and Charles figure out who really deserves the credit. Margaret and Scully go their separate ways. And that's really the episode. But one of the main things, well, not main, but 
uh, a funny part of what was happening with BJ and Winchester is Pierce. He is jealous at first, mm-hmm. but then tries to get in. They're like, nope, this is like the writer's club. You're out. Yeah. And BJ, for the first time, I think, found himself alone like the outsiders. Because he's always, it's BJ? him and his side, or I'm a Hawkeye. It's always him say. and his ho- his sidekick. or yeah. It's always Hawkeye and someone. Hawkeye, Hawkeye and, and Rhaegar, Trapper. Hawkeye Hawk- and Trapper. Hawkeye mm-hmm. and someone. Yeah. And Hawkeye found himself alone. And I thought mm-hmm. that was a mm-hmm. big kind of part of this. Yeah. He was having, he tried to play games with Igor. He, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you just saw him trying to fit in somewhere. And I, he kind of okay. lost his footing. Where do I belong without mm-hmm. my friends? Yeah. That, that's a decent way to look at it. Um, I never looked at it that way. I just always saw him as Hawkeye plot device <laughs> in this episode. But no, it's... Because, yeah, you know, he's... When he isn't accepted into their little writer's club, he says, you know, I'll just take notes. Hawk, can you... Just go away. This is between us. Then he storms out of the swamp, tries to buddy up with uh, Father Mulcahy, who's going to the orphanage. And then Scully shows up, and he's trying to buddy up with Scully, who says, Look, Hawk, I didn't come here to hang out with you. (laughs) What, you would rather hang out with a sultry, voluptuous blonde than a... I can't remember how he said it, but like, flat-chested brunette? (laughs) I'm just funny that way, Hawk. Well, there's no according for taste, but come on, come on, come on, come on to the old club (laughs) for a shot quick. Come on, come on. But yeah. no, he went to Margaret, by the way. <laughs> well, he did get one drink with Hawkeye, but yeah. then went to Margaret. And yeah, the whole time, Hawkeye is just kind of on the periphery of Looking every... for his place. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, what else? Oh, some, uh... Oh, we can come back to that. Uh... So, are we going to talk about Margaret and Scully when they finally get together? They're They're... Margaret's in the um, mess tent with Potter and... Well, yeah, so BJ and Winchester are trying to work out who was most uh, responsible for the success of this operation. Because they can't get past the heading of Mm -hmm. written by... How come Charles Emerson Winchester III is is before BJ Honeycutt the first? So they looked at rank. Well... They looked at alphabetical order. Mm-hmm. They looked at many different things, and but it came down to Winchester said, "No, I was the main surgeon." Yeah, and then you that, were you could have been Joe Smoke. It didn't yeah. matter what what your name is. And then they started having this discussion about, "Oh, you came up with the idea to, to exteriorize." I remember it as I came up with the idea. So then they hunt down Margaret and Potter in the mess tent and start involving them. And they're Who both did like, it? Who came up with it? And they're both just like, no, just figure it out. We don't want to be involved. You deal. And um And that's when Scully walked in and Hey, I'm look sorry, who I found. The light in their eyes. Both yeah. of them. No, it, like it was electric and mm-hmm. oh my gosh. I fell in love with Scully by the way she looked at him. Yeah. You know? Sar- it, Sergeant she did such when a great job. Was the last time you, you had your records shot? <laughs> records checked. Checked. Oh, I'm sure it's been a while. 
let's go do that now uh-huh. in my tent. <laughs> oh, and then Hawkeye. Oh, yeah, it would be a real bad idea if Scully ended up getting lockjaw now. <laughs> and then Colonel Potter, she's a darn fine nurse. <laughs> <laughs> real dedicated. Real dedicated. <laughs> that was great. Um, uh, so they left, and it was just sadness in the tent. Well, me. because, you know, it was it was going all right. But then, like, Scully ended up taking off his coat, and we see, and I don't think this would be so obvious, but we see on his uniform where the other stripes used to be. You know, like, the, the uniform had faded around where his sergeant stripes were, and he only has a private stripe on. And he explained that some peach fuzz lieutenant tried to tell him how to deploy his men, and he disagreed and punctuated his disagreement with his fist, and so he got demoted down to private. But he said he goes up and down, and I've heard that in many cases in the Army, like mm-hmm. especially with the enlisted men. You go mm-hmm. up and down depends on who you're talking to and who you're working with. Mm-hmm. And it just... Uh, that's interesting, you know. He said, "Yeah, my CO is starting to call me Yo-Yo. <laughs> I go up and down so much." And uh, at one point, it comes up in that conversation, "Well, Scully, you could be an officer." Yeah, I got offered a battlefield promotion once. I turned it down. Why? Because then I would have to hang out with officers, and I don't like them. I'm an officer. Yeah, but you're a nurse. That's different. That's honorary. Oh. You just Margaret you went don't to say that to Margaret. Margaret went to full boil just <laughs> Right. And I don't blame her. Look no, how hard she works for what she got. Yeah, and she says that, you know, I worked hard for what I have. And um And it doesn't make you less of a woman because you work hard for something. That actually yeah. makes you more. Yeah, and you know, she brings that up like I can be all these things. I can be a woman. I can be a major. I can be a good nurse. Sometimes I'm a woman. Sometimes I'm a major. And sometimes I'm just a woman in love. Mm-hmm. And sometimes oh. I'm all of them. I want to cry. And Jack Scully was just looking for kind of a trophy housewife. Right. Someone to make him omelets. Yeah. To make her own omelets and yeah. take care of him. And it was just unrealistic and so i you know and but margaret did try she She tried yeah Yeah, she went to clinger and she got a beautiful dress made you said it even made noise it was taffeta oh yeah (laughs) and sure you know i thought it looked peach i don't know no taffeta was the material i'm making a point okay i think pink i don't know i would call it more salmon salmon Anyway, she did doll herself up, and she was beautiful, but that wasn't enough for him. No, he wanted more, and she says that. Yeah, he laid on the bed and said, now, what's next? And she's like, you didn't even appreciate. Look, I went to all this work to be beautiful for you. Mm Mm-hmm. And all you do is just want more. What's next? What's next? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, before she does that, before she gets the dress from Klinger, and before she has Klinger, you know, pin it up. He didn't actually stitch it. He just pinned it. Pinned it. Yeah. Um, she's in the O Club with Hawkeye. And she says, you men are all alike. And he says, Margaret, don't lump us all together. You know, we're not all alike. And she said, that's what I mean. You different men are all alike. alike. <laughs> and 
something I really found interesting in this episode is an attempt at continuity because Hawkeye says, look, you, you can't expect people to change. People don't change, you know, despite what we may want. I couldn't change in med school for the woman I love. That's Carly, you know. And he was saying I couldn't change for you also. Yeah. Because they had their little tete-a-tete. But, you know, to me, like, okay, Margaret is a main character that's much more likely to stick. But Carly was just a one-off. Oh, yeah. And he still... Thinking of her. He still references that. Not by name, but, you know, that's clearly who he's talking about with that statement. I just found right. it great that, hey, they actually paid attention to continuity for once. That's great. <laughs> Yay, Good job, guys. <laughs> but um, it, it was a really interesting, really meaningful comment, I thought, from Hawkeye. You know, you, you have to take people how they are. And, and then you grow together. Yeah. And Margaret... Margaret tried to change for Scully because after Hawkeye said that, it's like, well, Scully won't change for me. I'll try to change for him. But it didn't work. You know? So then Scully figures this out. Margaret figures this out. And Scully says, I guess then we're done then. And he leaves. And that's the worst, worst part for me. Because I wish he would have kissed her goodbye. Mm -hmm. I just feel... There was such a missed opportunity there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, they don't kiss, they don't shake they, hands. He no just hug, walks nothing. away. He just walks away. And I need that kiss goodbye. I think as a woman, I need that. I, I think for the rest of her life, she's going to dream about that goodbye, not a hug, not a handshake. Mm -hmm. You know, as close as they were, they were very intimate. And mm -hmm. then not even a kiss goodbye. Yeah. Just a walk away. Yeah. I'm, I, it just needed it. No, I expected it, but it didn't happen. I know, I expected it too. Yeah. And I and I knew it wasn't going to happen, and I yeah. expected it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, after that, Margaret's back in the old club with Hawkeye. Hawkeye's still at the Scrabble board. <laughs> and I like what Margaret said about, from now on, men are going to have to meet my minimum mm -hmm. requirements. 20% of my father... 10% of Scully, about 10% of you, 3% of Frank, 2% of my ex-husband, 1% of my ex-husband. <laughs> and then Hawkeye uh, talks her into playing double solitaire Scrabble. Such an interesting what? game. <laughs> yeah, double solitaire Scrabble. You don't score off of each other. And if you need a letter, you can borrow it from me. And what happens if I find L-O-V-E? Then you win the game. And then she Margaret, doesn't have it yet. Margaret looks at her tray. And what word did she have? Harkner. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only other thing that I found interesting was how BJ and Winchester finally wrap things up between them oh yes well i thought that was interesting too yeah because they were know, going to each write their own paper yep and then potter comes in and says now look you two are being silly think about all the people who 
were involved in getting this boy to us so that he could survive. The medics. The people at Battalion A, the chopper, or, you know, however he was transported, the ambulance driver, the chopper pilot. Everybody here, the nurses, Margaret certainly did a great deal. Hawkeye took extra patients so that you two could double up time on him. You asked me questions, and mm. I answered. We bounced ideas off of each other Like before. we always do. Yeah. And they figured out how silly it was. And this was really important to me because uh, Winchester was the one who first stood up and said, You're right. I've been a fool, and he was the one to put out his hand first and say, I am sorry I acted such a cat. And then BJ just agreed, and they shook on it. And Winchester is not the type to readily admit when he's wrong. I don't know. We've seen him do it before. I, when, I, when he feels he's wrong, he admits it. He doesn't always feel he's wrong. But when he does, he's, he admits it quickly. I think you're right. And I think that's the part is he doesn't always... In, no, he doesn't normally always feel he doesn't that he's think wrong. he's wrong. His but ego won't let him. But when he does, he admits it. And he, he felt that he was wrong here. And that was a nice brush of breath. He, so he, it was going to be... Fresh breath? I can say this. Hold on. I'm going to get this. Breath <laughs> of fresh air. air. Thank you. I got it. So it was from the mash... Mm. Or, or how did hold yeah from like mash four double seven, seven. at s all right so their names weren't even going to be in it no and that made it easier to write yeah indeed by the way what what was the word that margaret had on her uh scrabble scrabble board? harkner harkner <laughs> what? well don't have it yet guess we'll have to keep playing no <laughs> that's all it just she had a word and it wasn't love you yeah. gotta find love if you want to win yeah so yeah anything was, else i don't know it was a good episode but uh -huh. i just i still need that kiss at the end i um, i want them to say goodbye to each other i'm good you're good i'm good i need saddle scully to come back and i know he doesn't and no, that's what i think no, bothers me so much yeah but this is the new margaret and I think that perfectly fits, is, you know, that she is a self-fulfilling woman at this point, and so she doesn't need a man. She no, doesn't need No, but she's still going to dream about him. Oh, absolutely. Because he filled a part of her that needs to be filled also. No, and just like um, the one reporter she uh, spent a night or three with in the, in the episode where it was um, the story on Charles... And the fantastic job he did on, like, a heart resect or something. Okay. You know the one. He called yeah. down to Stars and Stripes, and they sent the reporter. Right, and the reporter right. ended up... That was right after With Margaret heart. got divorced. And she needed that as an as a closer. Yeah, she, she needed... So that was her first step to being Margaret. She needed somebody right then. And I think she still does, on occasion, need someone. But in general, she doesn't need someone there just to be there. She doesn't but when need a she Frank. does find someone, they have to be 20% her father, 10% <laughs> Scully, 10% Hawkeye, 3% Burns, and 1% her ex-husband. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, and then whatever else comes along with that. Uh, but, yeah. I, I like this Margaret, and for me, it just felt in character that she would be like, okay, fine. Goodbye. Bye. Don't let the door hit you. 
So she doesn't say that. We'll just agree to disagree on that yeah, one. Yeah, and that's fine. That's perfectly <laughs> that's fine. That's perfectly fine. Uh, Joshua Bryant is Jack Scully. The last time we'll see him is that, as far as I know. Jeff Maxwell reprises his role as Igor Straminsky. He was playing Scrabble with Hawkeye in the O Club and also bartending. We have the writer as Dennis Koenig. Director was Harry Morgan. The production oh, code. Harry Morgan. Yeah. Production code was S615. And the original air date was about a week before Christmas in 1979, December 17th. They're pretty much staying intact in this season with their episodes. Mm -hmm. Unlike every other season. <laughs> yeah. By the way, if you were curious. Uh, hearing that they were playing Scrabble with Scrabble around, yes, yes it was. It was oh, okay. first published in 1938, so it was around during the Korean War. I don't know if that particular version of the board was around, but the game itself was around. So the, the version that they were using might have been anachronistic, but the game would have been there. All right. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to us week after week. If you enjoy listening to us and you want to help support us, the best way for you to do that is to share this podcast with a friend, a family member, a coworker, anyone you know who you think would enjoy listening to us talk about MASH and just share our general thoughts about you know this and obviously other things in life like we did on our Whoops. little eight-minute tangent at the beginning of this episode. Um, just share it with them. You can point them to their favorite uh, podcast application or iTunes if they do that. Just search for Whiskey and Mash. We're there. Subscribe so that you get all the new episodes downloaded automatically to your podcast playing device. Otherwise, head on over to narclaninc.com slash whiskey and mash or just punch in N-A-R-C-L-A-N-I-N-C dot com into your browser. Go to the podcast link. Go to the Whiskey and Mash page. And there on the page are the raw MP3s of all of our episodes. So you can either stream them right off the website or download them to your MP3 playing device so that you can listen to us that way. I know that I like to listen to podcasts on my way to work, at work, if it's a slow day. I have a desk job, so I can do that. Um, you know, I encourage you to... Uh, Give us a try on the on the way to Let work or whatever. Let us know you gave us a try. And you can do that on that same page where our MP3s are. There are two links. One is over to our Facebook page. Like that page on Facebook. Uh, like the posts that we put out there. I try and put a post every time that we put out a new episode. And leave us a message. Let us know that you're out there and listening. Otherwise, there is another link on that page, an email link. You can email us here at the podcast. I'm pointing to myself, even though we <laughs> have a voice camera, so you're not actually seeing it. Um, but you can email us directly and let us know that you're listening. We would love to hear who is all out there listening to us. Great. Yeah, until next time then, I guess. Uh, I am Chris Muldoon-Pullman. And Gloria... Still just Ackerman. <laughs> Have a good <laughs> week. Yeah. One of my favorite. Closed. <laughs> one of my favorite podcasts does that. The, uh, the one host always inserts some sort of re I like that. reference relative to what they're talking about that we need between his names. And you get to work on your accents. Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> Okay. Have a good week, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. <laughs>